I love preaching the Word of God. There's some topics that are difficult to preach. And there's some topics that I love to preach. Amen. As you know, we have to preach the full counsel of God. Amen. Jesus spoke about so many subjects. If you look in your Bible, sometimes it'll be in red. You know, you see all the words of Jesus. He spoke about so many things. He spoke about heaven. He spoke about hell. He spoke about unforgiveness and forgiveness. He spoke about so many different things, about the fact that he was the bread of life. One of the things Jesus spoke about was not to worry. He encouraged his people not to worry. He actually said to them, don't worry about anything. And I'm here to tell you today, don't worry about anything. I want you to turn somebody and tell them, don't worry about anything. Come on, say it again. Don't worry about anything. Amen. Those were the exact words of Jesus. He says, don't worry. He, says, well, he actually asked them, why do you worry? Then he says, I say to you, don't worry. So I'm here to tell you that you should not worry. That's actually from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where Paul is encouraging the Philippian church and says, don't be anxious about anything. And it actually means don't worry about anything. Now, how many of you will be honest, remember you're in the house of the Lord, and will say they've worried before? Okay, I need to wrap up my prayers. A lot of you are not putting up your hands. We all worry now and again. We all have opportunity to worry. Moms worry about their kids, their children. I remember when uh, my, my win was going to kindergarten, you know, and, and Hadrian was wondering what it was going to all be like for this young boy. Our first kid was going to kindergarten. You go to, to, to when they're going to kindergarten, some of their moms are crying. You know, the kids are excited. Some of the kids are also crying, but some of them are excited. My son, Win, he was excited to go. He, wanted, he was saying, Mom, leave me. I want to go. But moms sometimes worry, you know, your kids are going to university, you worry. You know, I remember when my daughter Stephanie was going to Toronto, this big city Toronto, and my cute little Stephanie was going there. And I prayed and I said, God, if it's necessary, let big angels be made visible to protect my daughter. I was worried and I said, let me hang on to the word, amen. But we all have opportunity to worry. Sometimes you worry when your spouse is in the police force or in the army or the military going on to a dangerous place to serve. We worry sometimes when we get a call from the doctor after a medical checkup and they said, we need to talk to you about the test. We worry about it. And even worse still, when we hear a bad diagnosis, we worry about that. Sometimes we worry about what we're going to eat for next, next, the next day, whether we're going to pay the mortgage bill, whether we're going to pay the car bill, or, or whatever bill it is, sometimes we worry. Are we going to get that mortgage? Are we going to get that house? Can it be paid off in time? Pastors worry. Sometimes the offering is down, and they worry. Or the people don't come to church, and they worry. Or people are mean, and they worry. Everybody worries. But God says, don't worry about anything. The fact that he says don't worry about anything means that it's possible to live in a worry-free state as a believer. Amen? You know, of course, non-Christians will, will, will worry, and that's to be expected. But folks, we have a hope. I don't think you just heard what I said. We have a hope. 
And we have a God. And he expects us not to worry. He says it in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. And anything means anything. It means it doesn't matter. It's not a question of whether uh, it's, it's your, whether you don't know what to eat, whether you're going, you don't know who you're going to marry, your health. It doesn't. He says, don't worry about anything. Somebody say anything. Jesus commanded us not to worry about life. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink. He says, don't worry about that kind of stuff. And he also revealed stuff about worry. Worry is connected to our faith. In fact, Jesus reveals that when we worry, it's an indication of little faith. Jesus also revealed that worry does not help us. It's, It's not beneficial to us. That's why he's asking us not to worry. Believers should not worry about anything. Are you a believer today? That he's saying to you, don't worry about anything. Now let's look at the scriptures. Luke chapter 12 verse 22 says, He said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Now this is a powerful revelation, because the world thinks it's all about just the physical. But he's saying life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Verse 27 says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed. He was not clothed like one of these. And then verse 28 says, If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? And then he says, O you of little faith. Worrying indicates our little faith. Our little faith in God. Why does God command us to worry? Why does Jesus command us to worry? Because it displeases God. You see, worry is actually a sin. Worry displeases God. Bible says anything that is not done in faith is sin. Faith pleases God. Worry does not. Worry shows that you're, you're not trusting God. You're not trusting his provision. And yet, a lot of us Christians, we, we have phrases like, it's my nature to worry. I'm a born worrier. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. We say, it's my duty to worry. Sometimes some people say, I'm paid to worry. You say, I'm your mom. I have to worry. No, 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 no. Jesus says, don't worry. Amen. Oh, you're not saying amen? Amen. Jesus links worry to having little faith. Or trust in the faithfulness and the provision of God. Little faith 
it's, you know, it's, it's, it, when you have little faith, you worry about life. When you have little faith, you, 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 you have anxiety, you have fears, you have apprehension. Those are the indications that you're worrying, you know, and that's an indication of little faith. Jesus links worrying with little faith. Remember, he talks and says, look, consider the lilies, consider the ravens. And then he sums it up by saying, oh, you of little faith. When we have little faith, we doubt the provision of God. When we have little faith, we doubt the faithfulness of God. Worrying reveals the, the doubts that are in our hearts. It reveals that we, we doubt the provision and faithfulness of God. When we worry, we show we're not trusting God's provision and ability. Folks, that's why he doesn't like it when we worry. And Jesus is saying, don't worry. Amen. When we worry, it comes out in the things we say. You hear when somebody is worried by the things they say. Jesus indicated that in the, in the version in Matthew chapter 6, when he was talking about this, verse 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? When you say those things, it's an indication that you are worried. And you know something interesting? Jesus actually builds his case on why we should not worry. He's making an argument. He's trying to reason with us. You know, God likes to reason with us. He says, come now, let us reason together. And he's trying to reason with us and to tell us why we shouldn't worry. He builds his case that, look, your heavenly father, he's a provider. Your heavenly father loves you and he will take care of you. And he asks us to consider God's provision and God's faithfulness to nature and his creation. And he uses two illustrations of, with the birds and also with a, with, 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 a, with a flower. And he says in verse 24, Luke 12, 24, consider the ravens. That word consider means think about the ravens. Reflect on the ravens. Consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap which have neither storehouses nor barns. In other words, they don't sow. You know, there's the, the, some laws of life. The Bible says, so long as the earth exists, there's seed, time, and harvest. And for you and I, we sow and we reap. We sow and we reap. It says the ravens don't sow. They don't reap. They don't have barns. They don't have storehouses. And yet God feeds them. Yet God feeds them. And he says, of how much more value are you than the birds? So when we worry about what to eat and drink, guess what? It's like we're saying God, doesn't cares more, God cares more about the ravens than he does us. That's what we're saying, and that's why it displeases him. God faithfully sustains the birds of the air because he is faithful to his creation. God sustains even the ravens. How many of you know what a raven is? It's like a big crow, okay? And the raven was a carnivorous bird. It was a bird, a flesh-eating bird, a bird, you know. And it has a, it has a voracious appetite. It's, in other words, it, it likes to eat. And yet the Bible says God feeds the ravens. I remember around Mother's Day, there was this, um, actually it was around Father's Day. I saw this viral video of a cock and a hen with some chicks around. And, there was, and then basically they were feeding. And the interesting thing was the hen would feed and then feed the chicks. And the cock was just eating it by himself. He didn't care about the chicks. The raven is like the cock. 
It is said of the raven that with, with, with its young, what it does is very, very early before it can even fend for itself, guess what? It makes them go away. It takes them out of the nest. It doesn't want to fend for them. It wants them to fend by for themselves. Very early, when they are young, that's what the raven does. And that's why even in the scriptures, the Bible says this in Psalm 147 verse 9. God gives food to the wild animals and he feeds the young ravens when they cry. Even the young ravens, when mom raven is saying, I, I don't want any to, anything to do with you, and they cry out, God feeds them. The ravens. The raven was the first bird that is mentioned in the Bible by name. The raven. Remember the raven was, was the bird that went out. Noah sent the raven before he sent the dove. The raven. Elijah, the prophet, was fed by God with a raven. And remember, the raven have uh, amazing appetites. And yet every morning and every evening, the raven will bring bread and will bring meat. It didn't eat it because it was full. But God said, look, consider the ravens. Consider the ravens. He takes care of the ravens. Then he says, are you not much more valued than the ravens? I want to ask you that question. Are you not of more value than the ravens? Are you of not more value than the crows? Are you of not more value than the vulture? And yet God feeds them all. He feeds them all. Then he considers, he continues, he says, consider the lilies. You see, God meticulously clothes the lilies of the field because, again, he's faithful to his creation. Even Solomon in all his glory. Solomon was the richest man on earth in all his glory. Jesus is saying that even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like the lilies. God provided for the lilies. That is verse 27 of Luke chapter 12. He says, look at the lilies, lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet, Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Oh, I'm here to tell somebody that God has not forgotten you. Turn to somebody and say, God has not forgotten you. Say, God will provide for you. You see, worry is actually detrimental to you. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't help you. It, it, it harms you. And that's why he says in Luke chapter 12, 25, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? It's not going to benefit you. You're not going to prolong your life. On the contrary, worrying really shortens your life. The Bible says that worry suffocates and chokes the word of God. And we need the word of God to be fruitful in our lives. But that's what worry does. Matthew chapter 13 verse 12 says this. Verse 22 says, The seed that fell, that Jesus is talking about the parable of soil. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but are all too quickly, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. Now, that's one extreme. The other extreme is riches, when people trust in riches, by the lure of the deceitfulness of wealth. But notice their effect. So no fruit is produced. When you worry, you choke the word of God. If you're standing on a promise and you're worrying, you're, you're, it's choking the word of God. You know, and the word, we need the word of God to be fruitful in life. 
Because it's the seed of God that bears fruit in our lives. Amen. You know, and especially when it's tough, we need that word. But when we start worrying, we're choking the word. It's a little bit like the word is like oxygen underwater. And you need that oxygen. But if you're worrying, you're, 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 you're preventing the oxygen from, from helping you underwater. Worry suffocates and chokes the word from your life, making it unfruitful. Secondly, worry weighs down the soul. It depresses people when you worry. Luke 21, 34 says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled or weighed down and depressed by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. Now, what he's saying here is, don't let your hearts be depressed. Don't let your souls be weighed down by worry. By worry. Notice the company of worry, carousing. Carousing is riotous behavior. And it says drunkenness. Worry affects your judgment. That is why he says don't worry. Say to somebody, don't worry about anything. Thirdly, worry is a sign of unbelief and doubt. I've already mentioned that. He says, oh, you have little faith. And James says something about those who doubt. James says those who doubt are like the wave of the sea, tossed to and fro, and they don't receive anything. So we shouldn't doubt. We shouldn't have little faith concerning it. We shouldn't worry. And finally, worry can affect your health. Scientifically, it's been proven that anxiety, stress, has, great, has serious physical effects, consequences. It affects, it, it affects the immune system. system. It's, it's supposed to suppress the immune system. There's the, the digestive disorder. There's short-term memory loss, heart attacks, depression. Now, obviously, I'm not a, a medical person, so I read this, amen. But these are the things that worry can do. The stress and the anxiety can cause these effects physically. It doesn't help you. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Turn to somebody and say, don't worry. This is so important not to worry. So many of us are depressed because we worry. Because we're anxious, because we're apprehensive, don't worry about anything. 